Happy Monday morning to you. Welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright with you at 7 a.m. on this Monday, August 14th. The Feast of St. Maximilian Kolbe, the Vigil of the Assumption of Mary. It is good to be with you this day. Let's begin our morning in prayer as we do each and every day here on the show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a beautiful morning it is today. It's just, the sun is just glowing off the buildings outside of our studio. I wish you could see it. It's just absolutely warming for the soul. I hope you had a great weekend. I really do. I I have to tell you, we had a a fantastic one. And uh, oddly enough, I think the icing on the cake of what was just a great weekend. I mean, we had the final eighth grade car wash for our son's class uh, fundraising effort. And then Beth and I got to go to a uh, dinner Saturday night together. That was really fun to go and see some old friends. And then Sunday, we just had a family day together. But Saturday, I had the occasion to serve for Mass, something I haven't been able to do in years. And it was very humbling to serve for Mass and and just a joy to assist Father. And I I have to tell you, assisting at Holy Mass, that was just the icing on the cake. But you know what? Each and every week, you and I assist at Holy Mass with our prayers, with our responses, with our songs. Uh, with our singing. It's it's a beautiful thing. Today on the show, we're going to hear about Eucharistic adoration. We are going to hear about an unworthy sinner in the hands of Our Lady. We're going to hear from Monsignor John Myler, a priest of the Diocese of Belleville, Illinois, about the Blessed Mother. He's going to be with us all week sharing about the Blessed Mother in American history. And then Father David Skillman is going to be with us to talk about St. John Paul II. That's all ahead on the show. First, let's go to Mike Roberts and our weather. Today is the feast day of St. Maximilian Kolbe, who was a martyr. Born in 1894 in what is now Poland, the Blessed Mother appeared to Maximilian when he was still a young man, offering him a choice between two crowns. One was for virtue and the other one was for martyrdom. Maximilian chose both. After spending his life encouraging devotion to the Blessed Mother from his native Poland all the way to Japan, he was arrested by the Nazis and sent to Auschwitz. There, Maximilian was killed by the Nazis after offering his life to save a fellow prisoner. But in the hours before he was arrested by the Nazis, Maximilian got the answer to a question he'd been searching all of his life. These are his own words and that question. Who then are you, O Immaculate Conception? And who is the Holy Spirit? His answer was this. The flowering of divine love of the Father and the Son is created conception. The fruit of divine love is immaculate conception. The Father begets, the Son is begotten, the Spirit is conception. So, the Holy Spirit is the uncreated immaculate conception. The Blessed Mother is the created immaculate conception. The creature most completely filled with God himself is the Immaculata. 
United to the Holy Spirit as his spouse, she is one with God who produces, in an immaculate manner, divine light inside the womb of St. Anne and in Mary's soul, making her the immaculate conception. At Lourdes, the Blessed Mother did not tell St. Bernadette, I have been immaculately conceived, but that I am the immaculate conception. Nearly a century later, and after giving his entire life to understand this concept, which so many others had struggled to understand, St. Maximilian Kolbe finally gets his answer, writes it down, and almost immediately the Nazis pound on his door to take him to receive his crown of martyrdom. St. Maximilian Kolbe, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Consecration to Mary My Queen and my Mother, I give myself entirely to you, and to show my devotion to you, I consecrate to you this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being without reserve. Wherefore, good mother, as I am your own, keep me, guard me, as your property and possession. Amen. We are happy to be joined this week by Monsignor John Myler, a priest of the Diocese of Belleville in Illinois. And Monsignor, it's great to have you with us because you're bringing to the table today two things I love, American history and the Blessed Mother. And I, I am fascinated. I was thinking about this the other day at the founding of our nation. The Fatima apparitions had not happened. The apparition of Mary to St. Bernadette at Lourdes had not yet happened. The declaration of Mary's Immaculate Conception had not happened. And uh, it's interesting to me to put that in perspective. But you want to share with us this week the role of Mary in the history of our country throughout several generations. Well, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely, Adam. Uh, but if we go back to the very beginning, even before the United States was the United States, uh, Mary and these New World explorers. Huh? You know, as kids, we all learned Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. So we'll go from there. But as kids, we also learned that uh, Columbus' three ships were the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Now, actually, it was the Santa Maria de la Concepcion, huh? Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, uh, the flagship that Columbus had chosen. It was a tremendous ship. It was a Carrick, the largest, uh, the, the sleekest of all the ships during that age of exploration, uh, large enough for provisions, large enough for a crew of 86, huh? large enough to bring back treasures uh, uh, to the old world. But, uh, you know, uh, Columbus was a man of devotion. There, there are nowadays political ups and downs and rights and wrongs, but Columbus, uh, especially of Marian devotion, these 35 days that it took to cross the Atlantic, each nightfall, Columbus and all his men would sing together the Save Regina as a salute to their protectoress, uh, the Santa Maria. So that when food got scarce or supplies diminished or hurricanes were nearby, Columbus made a solemn vow that if they made it through all that, 
uh, when they returned, they would make a pilgrimage to a, a shrine of Our Lady, which they did on their return. And Columbus died many years later, but he died a lay Franciscan. Wow. He died in the habit. And uh, but it was, wasn't only Columbus. Uh, also Ferdinand and Isabella, who sent him over, but uh, Cortez and da Gama, Magellan, Pizarro, uh, for all of these, uh, there, these were new territories, new resources, new commerce, new peoples, uh, which gave way to a new evangelization. The names of the first island discovered, San Salvador, uh, our Savior. Other islands and other ports were given the names of, uh, of Santa Maria, of Our Lady's Sea. But it was not only those early Spanish, but also the early French uh, from New Canada. Uh, Marquette, uh, who came to this great river that divided uh, down the middle of America, it was, of course, given the name, the River of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, now, the Indian name, which has lasted, is the Mississippi but instead of big ships, these missionaries and explorers were in canoes, uh, flowing down the river, flowing with God's grace uh, here in the middle of America. So these discoverers and explorers and then the missionaries they brought were Christians who had, as part of their makeup, a history of centuries of Marian devotion, and they brought Mary from the old world to the new world. You know, in the litany of Loretto, all those titles of Blessed Virgin Mary, we say, spiritual vessel, pray for us. Vessel of honor, pray for us. Singular vessel of devotion, pray for us. And it's not only that Mary was the vessel who gave birth to Christ at Bethlehem, but also, just look at that Santa Maria, Mary is that vessel who brings the Christian message to the new world so that all generations could call her blessed. Well, that's absolutely fascinating, Monsignor. And I, I suppose the lesson for us today is that if, if we embark on a new endeavor, whether it's travels or something new in life, it's to put ourselves under the patronage of the Blessed Mother and the protection of the Blessed Mother, just as those first explorers did. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, I look forward to the rest of this week learning about the Blessed Mother's history here in the United States. Prayer in a Time of Waiting All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice, and still in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere, a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. We are back, and we're happy to have Father David Skillman with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. And Father, I was recently on a road trip, and when I go on long drives, one of my favorite things to occupy my time is listening to musicals. And the kids have a few favorites now, and one of my favorite parts of the musical, I have to be honest, is the overture. It's like the preview of all of the music you're about to hear throughout <laughs> the course of 
a show. And recently you and I were talking about, not a musical, but about St. John Paul II and his first homily. And as you were sharing some of your thoughts about his first homily with me, all I could think of was an overture, that really this first homily of his pontificate in a way is an overture to all of the teachings. And, And there were a lot of them that we received throughout the course of his pontificate. And I'm so happy that you're with us today to share a little bit of that overture with our listeners. Yeah, I think you're right. As we look back now, you know, with the whole of his life and his pontificate in particular concluded, um, when you see these first words that he preached in the first homily after his election as Pope, you do see this kind of foreshadowing of all that's to come, the many, many blessings that are to come for the Church through his many years as, as Pope. Um, and so there, there are five particular themes that, that just stood out to me that are present here in this beautiful um, homily that he gave in the course of, of Holy Mass that day. You know, I do think he's a saint now, and so that says something about the value that the Church sees in what he taught in his pontificate. And I, for one, would not be surprised if sometime here in the near future he could even become a doctor of the Church because of these amazing contributions that he's given in his teaching. Wow. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> We're going to get ahead of the Lord. Let's dive in. You said there are, there are five themes that you want to highlight for us today. What are, what are those themes? Yeah, so very beautifully, uh, at the very beginning of this homily, St. John Paul II uh, invites us to turn our eyes to Christ. He begins with Jesus, the very person of, of the Son of God. And in particular, he recalls the exchange um, between our Lord and St. Peter. He's thinking about himself now as the successor of St. Peter, and Peter's confession of faith, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he says, this is where I want to begin my pontificate, calling the world to turn our eyes again to Christ, to begin from Christ, and from him then to learn all of the other truths of our faith. So that's the first theme that, that will then play out in particular in his first encyclical, which is called the, the Redeemer of Man, Redemptor Hominis. He'll call the world again, let's begin from Christ. That's the first theme. Uh, and then another theme that is, is only kind of in a very small and implicit way here in his, his first homily, but is going to come out in, in many beautiful ways throughout his pontificate is the role then of the Blessed Mother. And so there are two different places in his homily where he speaks about Christ, but then he adds on this, this qualifier, born of the Virgin Mary. And I, it's very intentional, it seems to me, that he's bringing Our Lady into this. His motto, his Episcopal motto, was totus tuus, completely offering himself to the Blessed Mother. And um, in every encyclical, every writing of his, it seems without exception, he ends in particular by turning to our Blessed Mother. And so inviting us through his preaching here to recognize her indispensable role under and with her son in our salvation. So that's the second theme. Uh, then there, he does talk here also about the human person, and, and this too is going to be very key throughout his pontificate in many, many very ways, early on in his pontificate, especially through the audiences of the theology of the body. But he's going to call us to recognize then um, the, the great dignity of the human person, and he says, uh, at one point, he speaks about the Lord calling to the whole depths of the human person. He wants us to marvel at the, the mystery of who we are as men and women made in the image and likeness of God, the, the depth of what the human person is. And towards at the very end, actually, his last words of this homily, he says, I appeal to all men, to every man, and with what veneration the apostle of Christ must utter this word, 
man. He has this veneration for the human person because, as he says, all men and every man, each individual human person made in the image and likeness of God. And he says, pray for me, help me to be able to serve you. So you have the person of Christ, the person of the Blessed Mother, the dignity of each human person, of man. Uh, fourth, he, he makes reference to the Second Vatican Council. And coming into his pontificate, he was very much aware, you know, this is, what, just a little more than 10 years after the close of the council. So this is all still very fresh. And it's clear in things that he says here and in the other early parts of his pontificate that he recognizes one of his most important tasks is to help the church and the world understand and implement the great wisdom of the Second Vatican Council. So he says in the midst of this homily, the Second Vatican Council has reminded us of the mystery of of the power of Christ and of the fact that Christ's mission as priest, prophet, teacher, and king continues in the church. And as we'll see in, in all of his writings again and again, he's going to come back to the Second Vatican Council um, which is really important, I think, for us. You know, we talked about how this is still applicable today. Um, the Church is still in this work of understanding and implementing Vatican II, and even there's sometimes debates about the, you know, the the goodness of Vatican II. And and John Paul II was very much a man of Vatican II. He saw this as a great grace, and that's important for us to learn from him. And then the the very last thing is what I call kind of the characteristic encouragement of St. John Paul II. When I think of him, I think of him as someone who was not afraid to speak the truth, the fullness of the truth, even when that truth was challenging and hard and difficult, but right along with the truth came words of encouragement. I think of him as a father who basically says, this is the way it is, but you can do it. You know, you can do it. And in this homily in particular, it comes out in those words that he would repeat again and again throughout his pontificate, be not afraid, don't be afraid to just go all in, like to embrace the fullness of Christ and what he teaches. And I think we'll conclude with a little bit of a longer quote that are familiar to people um, of this initial homily where he calls the world to be not afraid. So this was his appeal to the world there at St. Peter's in his first homily. Brothers and sisters, do not be afraid to welcome Christ and accept his power. Help the Pope and all those who wish to serve Christ and with Christ's power to serve the human person and the whole of mankind. Do not be afraid. Open wide the doors for Christ. To his saving power, open the boundaries of states, economic and political systems, the vast fields of culture, civilization, and development. Do not be afraid. Christ knows what is in man. He alone knows it. So often today, man does not know what is within him, in the depths of his mind and heart. So often he is uncertain about the meaning of his life on this earth. He is assailed by doubt, a doubt which turns into despair. We ask you, therefore, we beg you with humility and trust, let Christ speak to man. He alone has words of life, yes, of eternal life. Wow. I I think of that, and I think of where we're at in the world today. And, you know, so many of the things you shared with us today, we're wrestling with questions in our culture of who we are, what our identity is, and this whole idea of, did God make me this way, or do I get to decide to be a different way? Mm -hmm. Or really, I mean, more fundamentally than that, going back to that first point, who is God? Is there a God? A lot of people say they're agnostic, not necessarily atheistic, saying there is no God. So I, 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 I kind of believe there's God, but I don't know. 
And, I mean, he's hitting all of these points. It makes me think of a priest who shared with me that when he was a young priest, the young associate pastor, the pastor said to him, you know, all these people are going around saying, God loves you, God loves you, but the problem is the world doesn't know who God is, they don't know who they are, and they don't know what love is. Yeah. And here's John That's Paul good. II saying, all right, we're going to address those three things. And much like the Blessed Mother offering that encouragement, because I think everywhere Mary's appeared, it's been that call to do hard things, call to do difficult things, but call to do them, and then the encouragement that we can do them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What well, a gift he has been and still is to the church now. I know. Him. I'm ready to read some more, Father. So we're <laughs> going to have to have you back to talk about St. John Paul II. But this has been fantastic. Could I ask you to close us out with a prayer today? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift that you gave to your church when we needed the gift so much in the person of St. John Paul II. May we learn from him the truth of who you are, the truth of who we are, and the truth of how we are called to live in this world so as to make our way to eternal life, to be one with St. John Paul II and all of the saints in the communion of the saints in heaven and with you, Father, and your Son, and the Holy Spirit. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. St. John Paul II, pray pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, Father Skillman, thank you so much for being with us today. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. Prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. It's a new week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and Patty Schneier is with us as always. Patty, what are we going to discuss this week? Well, sometimes, you know, I like to just dive into a particular book of the Bible, and this is one of my favorite books. It's the book of Proverbs, but it's funny. I like all these pithy short sayings, but to be honest, I didn't really know very much about the book of Proverbs, so I did a little research, and I want to share with you some things that I found, and then we're going to talk about some of the different Proverbs that are just, I think, are amazing. So first of all, there are multiple authors of the book of Proverbs. Didn't know that. Solomon is the most prominent. And the introduction to the entire work is attributed to him. So, you know, we know that in the book of Kings, God appears to Solomon and offered him the desire of his heart, and he chose wisdom, which is why, of course, most of us are familiar with the saying, the wisdom of Solomon. But what I didn't know was that during his reign, which was approximately 900 years before Christ, he wrote thousands of proverbs and songs. The theme of the entire book of Proverbs is to impart moral wisdom and a sense for right living. Now think about that. Do we not need moral wisdom and a sense for right living? So this is a book we need to pay attention to. So today on this Monday, I want to just share with you the very first proverb that I ever memorized. It's Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. 
Now, I will never forget where I heard this, or I should say saw this for the first time. Very strange place, but I got to tell this story. I was in the patient's room of Dr. Michael Dixon's office, my OBGYN. Crazy place to find this proverb. But it was actually when I had switched to a Catholic OBGYN back in 2002, and this verse was displayed on the wall. And I thought to myself, this is the perfect place for these words. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Think about all the women who are in their office of their doctor, right? Getting maybe perhaps a difficult medical diagnosis, maybe learning of some untimely pregnancy that's going to be hard. Maybe others are there longing for a pregnancy. And then to look up and to see those words on the wall was so powerful for me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. It's a simple reminder that our understanding of things is so limited. We need to trust God. So maybe this proverb is for you today. What has you anxious or upset today? What do you fear? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him and he will direct you today. Write that one down. Display it so that you can be reminded of these comforting words when you need them. A great proverb for us today, and I can't wait to find out what else is in store this week. Well, I'd like to share one final reminder with you this morning as we wrap up our time together that tomorrow is a holy day of obligation as we celebrate the Solemnity of the Assumption of Mary. It is a beautiful feast day, one I look forward to celebrating each and every year. Now, for the rites, it gets a little tricky because tomorrow is also the first day of school, and so we have to have a conversation today. Are we going to Mass this evening? There's a vigil Mass nearby our house that we could go to. Or do we need to find a Mass tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening? Because we not only have the obligation to get ourselves there, but as parents we have an obligation to get our children to Mass for the Holy Day. So a little bit of planning is going to be required today. And I just wanted to share that with you in case you were perhaps unaware, but tomorrow is a holy day of obligation and we are obliged to attend the holy sacrifice of the mass and assist with our prayers. So let's come up with a plan for that. Plus, I mean, what a beautiful day. I love to honor the Blessed Mother. Who doesn't love to honor the Blessed Mother? I know you love to honor the Blessed Mother as well. So lift up those rosaries tomorrow, perhaps. You know, normally on Tuesday we pray the Sorrowful Mysteries, but perhaps also pray the Glorious Mysteries. Maybe pray a full rosary tomorrow. Um, Why the Glorious Mysteries, by the way? Well, because that's where we find the mystery of the Assumption of Mary. And then a week from tomorrow, we celebrate the Queenship of Mary, which is that fifth glorious mystery. So a couple of really great Marian days coming up today. I would encourage you to visit the Roadmap to Heaven podcast and maybe go back in time about a year to this day last summer when we were talking with Father Jeffrey Kirby about a great saint whose feast day is today and sometimes gets a little overshadowed by tomorrow's feast and that's St. Maximilian Colby. We heard a little bit about him from Mike Roberts earlier on in the show. But, you know, that's one of those episodes I went back and listened to with my son the other day because we were talking about saints. And I said, oh, let me let me play a segment we did last year on a 
great saint. And don't forget, not only the Roadmap to Heaven podcast, but we've got some great ones here from Covenant Network, including the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Saint of the Day, which you hear on our show, and then also Monsignor Witt's Exploring Church History, Debbie Shalaprizi, The Splendor of You, Tom Shrewsbury, The Lives of the Saints. It's just a bunch of podcast goodness. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I will have a show for you tomorrow, but I'm going to tell you right up front, it's going to be pre-recorded because we will be observing the Holy Day. So tune in at 7 a.m. We've got some wonderful things prepared, and I'll be back with you on Wednesday morning. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Pray your rosary today.